Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. She's somebody that can provide answers. Answers you may have been looking for for years, maybe decades. Answers about your ancestry and your family roots and how it all came about. She also does very deep research about uh, for, for even somebody looking for answers within a company or uh, there's so much. Basically, what she does is genealogical and historical research and so much more. Lineage Links is her research firm, and she's back with us. Diane Kelly Runyon is on the program. Diane, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm trying to recover from my four-day research trip in Washington, D.C. So, yeah, it's like earning a doctorate in four days. Oh. <laughs> now, where exactly did you go in D.C.? Okay. Um, I take a friend of mine who's also a researcher. Uh, we were in the National Archives for two days and then two days in the DAR library. Now, there's some things that the audience needs to know that has changed. Um, if you go to Washington to do research, that um, used to do a lot of research in the National Archives, especially military records, and that really hasn't changed much. But everything they have, other than old microfilms, will be on Ancestry.com or Fold3. So you can do all that without driving all the way to Washington mm. and looking that up. But if you want to look at military records, they will have on Fold3 a database that will tell you what war and et cetera. But the, the thing that the National Archives has that is not online is you can order the original copies of their records. Like you're holding onto the records from the Civil War, like right in your hand. And you can make all kinds of copies of it, and that'd be great. So that is one place where you could flesh out a lot of material. Now, DAR has an incredible archive. They are also, and it's open to the public, just not DAR members, and it doesn't cost you anything to go. And what they have is the typical counties, uh, records that are... Um, death, wills, etc. oddball stuff. They have family Bibles. But the one thing that they have that no one else has are all these hundreds and hundreds of family history books that people have published over centuries. And, and they are all in the archives, and they are very valuable. So we spent mm, all day for four days in our our eyeballs were about to fall out, so, you know, it was uh, wake up, wash, re rinse, and go back to work. So, yeah, we found a lot of good stuff, though. When you went, Diane, did you have a, a mission? Like, yeah, all right, we need, we need to look at this, we're going to look at that, we're going to look at this. Did you, did you have a, a direction when you went there? Right. Now, I had three clients and myself that I was looking for records for. What I do is put together what I call the action plan. Uh -huh. What is the one thing that the family really wants to know? That's, and then we work our way down as far as importances and concerns. And so we try to drill down on the record plus anything else that would substantiate their journey and their story. So that is kind of fun. 
So we try to get something for everybody. You could be there forever. I always thought you could get a tent and put it way up in the stacks, and they wouldn't know you were there, and you can research all night with a flashlight. They'd probably know you were there because you probably got, you know, cameras going. Who's Somebody's probably tried that. <laughs> yeah. oh, boy. oh, boy. Diane's back again. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, um, I had some really good things about your family that I thought were really interesting, and um, I wanted to share those today. Ooh, okay, and and let's let's tell everybody that this is a research journey that began a couple of weeks ago where right. I don't have deep connections to, to my family. I just don't, um, but wonder. I have some thoughts, things that we heard over the years, um, learning more and more. Um, and and you've provided a, a lot of that uh, very recently, but uh, what what'd you find? What's the latest? Well, it's been pretty interesting. I've gone down down the Harper side, and we'll start with the Harpers first because they had um, a few interesting things that I don't think you knew. Now, James Harper, he is your grandfather. And then you have James G. Harper. Well, Herbert. It's James Harper, Herbert Harper, and James G. Harper, which could be Gordon. It could be, well, it could be anything. could be George, Granville, who knows. But it's just James G., which does help because, as you will, when we talk about the William Smiths, you'll find that that's important. And we have him back down to 1825 in England. And... Um, so that's pretty interesting. But James Harper had two wives, and one was um, Anne Hingley, and she um, had three three children by him, but it doesn't show that she passed. So she was still alive while he was married to the second wife, and... Um, so there's some divorce records out there. They're very interesting if you can find them because, uh, like in our day, it says irreconcilable differences. But in those days, they brought all the dirty laundry out. Like she called me a name, and I pulled her hair, and I set the house on fire, you know, all kinds wow. of crazy stuff. <laughs> and so when you find them, it's it's kind of a treasure trove of interesting stuff. So, um, so I found that James Harper, as he goes back, uh, he's actually in England, and we're working on his, his, um, I'm sorry, I'm just converted, it's today, it's a Monday, I'm still like in... You're, you're still you're, you're still in research mode. <laughs> from the I weekend. am. I'm like, who am I even talking about right now? So uh, Herbert James Harper, he was a manager of a shipyard, but his father um, was also in uh, the steel industry or the shipyard family, which is interesting. Now I'm going to change over to the one that really intrigued me, and this was the your mom's side. And this is where the middle name comes in really important because her last name was Smith. So it's down the rabbit hole on James Arthur James Smith. That was crazy. 
and because the death dates were close, but then it didn't, Beatrice wasn't with him, and um, I was like, I don't get it. So what she, so I found out through kind of like, uh, not a mistake, but um, chance, that it was Arthur Percy Smith. Interesting, interesting. Say that name again, because I'm going to tell you why. Give me that again. Arthur Percy Smith. Hmm. And he was married to Beatrice, and I could be Beatrice Marie Rafferty, most likely, or Beatrice Mark- Margaret Rafferty. It would be, yeah, um, could be Margaret Rafferty, but yeah, that is my, that's my grandmother and my that's grandfather. That's your grandmother? Yes, yes. Now, they were um, very interesting, because when you look back at their... Um, information. Arthur's father was named William Smith, and he was born in the 1840s. Now, what was fascinating, he was here in New York City, and he was a widow, and he had four kids. So he's trying to drill down what happened. Did he come here as a widow? Did he become a widow while he was here? So we're still on the research thing. But he was a piano maker, in Manhattan. Hmm. That was his job. I mean, I looked at earlier records on him. It shows he's a carpenter, but he worked his way into making pianos. Interesting. Never knew that. So that is my, that would be my great grandfather? Great. Your great grandfather, William Smith. Hmm. Interesting. Now, what's, what's a puzzler is Smith is not a quote German surname. And, um, it showed up in Ireland and England, which would be typical. So I'm still trying to figure out why Germany is on there. Um, so we'll see, because I'm finding all three. So, you know, the te- maybe they're messing with the census guy and telling, well, I'm really from so-and-so. So um, it was interesting how they had that. Now they put down his naturalization was like 39 years in 1861, but he has his birth date as 1840. That wouldn't make any sense. So that would mean 1821 or 1831. So we'll we'll tease that out, but that takes a little more time to do that. But it's pretty, um, pretty interesting. Now, Beatrice, your grandmother, I found that she is possibly from Tyrone, County Tyrone, which is an Ulster, which is in Northern Ireland. And, um, but her birth date fluctuates about, she has a lot of times it says 1897, sometimes it says 1901. So there's a lot of reasons people fudge on their birth date. You know, either they want to be older because employment, want to be younger because they don't want ageism. I don't think they have that much that problem then. Mm-hmm. But she was a servant for a private servant for the steel family, and this family owned a steel company in New York City. She was their only. Um, Irish servant and. Um, she worked with them a year before she married Arthur. Wow. In 1921. So still trying to find out 
been working on how what boat she got on. Was she going by Beatrice? Was she going by Margaret? I don't know. So it's, you always have a little things that aren't always right on to make it like, oh, there they are, and make it easy because they don't ever make it easy. But fascinating yeah, very so much so. Far. And it's funny as you say that, I think back to her. She passed when I was I was young, but I do uh-huh. remember vividly her being one of those people that would take care of others, if that makes sense. Like like yes. you just said. Yeah. And it was very much her. Um but and and I'm not surprised about the date because her daughter, my aunt, would always fudge her date too, you know, her birth date. Oh, oh, <laughs> so, Maybe it ran in the family. I don't know. Uh, but that's interesting. Um, any other stuff that you found there before we jump into? Um... Um, no. Okay. I mean, I do, but it's it's conjecture at this point. So I want to make sure that I get it right on before we talk about it again. But we we're going to finish up today the uh, um, Black History Month. And there's so much still to talk about from the book. And I was over at the African American Museum. We're trying to get the book in their um, museum bookstore because it's such a compelling story. But part we've only talked about the first two parts of this book, and it's not a long book. It's 185 pages, but all of it is absolutely sourced, primary source. But Here's some of the interesting things about this Pleasant Litchford family. In Pleasant Litchford, he was the uh, the guy. He was the man. He brought all his kids here, and he was born in the late 1700s. And his oldest son was Miles, Miles Litchford. And there seemed to be a dust-up when Miles was an older teen or young man that possibly his dad indentured him because of finances. Or And they said that he had a big fight with his dad and he never, ever came back. And that's what they said. It was in the newspaper, like in the 1880s. But he had left long before then. And they never heard from him. But Miles ended up going south and um, hooked up with Brigham Young. And a guy named Green Flake was his name. Now, there's a movie out called Green Flake that um, has been released at least a couple of years ago. It's pretty interesting. We were hoping that Miles would have been in Green, in Green Flake's movie, but he was not. But it was the same journey because they were all together. Miles actually married Green Flake's sister, so they were relatives. And they went out to Salt Lake City, and um, Green and Frederick Litsford, his brother, and Miles had a patent for uh, some kind of fish scaling knife that was really important at the time. And he owned a bunch of coal mines and things like that. So he became a pretty wealthy guy. But he had a young daughter named Catherine Litchford. And Catherine ended up really on her own. And it is a very sad story. And it's in the book. I'm not going to give too much of it away, but I got it all out of the newspaper from Salt Lake City. And what happened is, in a nutshell, she was living between two houses in Salt Lake, like an alley, which had barely a door. She had a bed, 
and a little stove, and that's it. And she worked next door to a boarding house run by another black woman who employed her as a laundress. And then the and the story goes on from there, and it is a crazy, crazy ride, what happened to this young lady, um, but still has poignant opinions about how to trust people and not things like that really don't change during time. But I want to talk about the racism that Tim and I experienced writing this book. It was crazy. We are we had no idea that this was not going <laughs> to, well, we kind of figured it wasn't going to go well, but it really didn't. And um, in the beginning, the library would not even let us present at their their community room. They said, no one in Upper Arlington is interested in history, and we're not going to let you go do that. Wow. But finally, <laughs> I'm my, kind I of, know. you know, hello. It's, what, when was this? When did you try to present that? Um, it was right at 2017. We went to the library, have the letter. We still look at it and go, that is crazy. He says, there, nobody, there is no interest in um, pre-Upper Arlington history, so we only, uh, you know, let people use the room if it's something that's viable to the neighborhood. And I'm thinking, wow, this one really is, but you're not going to let us do it. But hmm. finally, after six months and um, talking to a lot of people, they let us use the room. But, uh, but we were handing out leaflets in front of the public library on public property, just saying, we're going to be presenting this at, 7.30 tonight, you're welcome. It's very interesting presentation. Well, we got kicked out. We were asked to physically physically leave the front of the library. And um, so we're like, this is, this is nuts. This is happening at the library. Wow. But they're making us leave so we don't do handouts for the presentation. So... It was interesting, Kim, while I was doing working on the presentation in the beginning, Kim was upstairs at the circulation desk, and somebody asked about the meeting, and they said, oh, it had been canceled. And it was going on downstairs. So, they, you know, it was like this passive-aggressive situation going on, mm. and they would not even sell, they would not carry the book in the library until they were forced to. They had, if you had a hold on it, it had to go to the public library downtown, the big public library, and they will send it to you. But they had copies, but they wouldn't put them on the shelf. So I was like, what? This is so crazy. So um, the day we had that first presentation, we had standing room only. This is the presentation there would be no interest in. <laughs> but they made it, they have this big atrium. They made it stand outside in the dark in the rain to sell our book because we weren't approved by the board of directors to be in an atrium of the library. That was crazy. And we just, like, I don't understand that. The downtown library, were, all the genealogists, the stories in the downtown library were part of our research team. But they just fought that until they couldn't fight it anymore. But... Um, 
it took us five years to have three minutes with the city council because they refused to talk to us. But after all of this, and I mean, we really could see, and um, obviously in a very minor way, about um, what the black community had to deal with. This is this is ridiculous. This is America, and they fought us tooth and nail every way. But after all of this, we have had, a, and I want to make sure we talk about this really quick. We they put in, they had an archaeological dig off of our book, and that was because the pers perseverance of the board of education was amazing. Now they found a body of a child. Well, she was an older girl. Uh, fully intact, and at the bottom of her feet of her casket, which was six inches under be, underneath the back door of the science wing, she had a silver brush and a silver comb that was all intact at her feet, which showed that she was a very loved and prosperous child. She was very healthy. She could have died of just, you know, a virus or whatever, and we sent her uh, DNA to Parabon to see if we could identify who she was, and that goes back to me where I tied into the DNA of the other families. But they also, which is interesting, they do 3D imaging of her skull, and they can recreate what she looked like in those days. Wow. Incredible. I, I have to tell you that I have a friend, really good friend, who is a librarian. Yeah. And much of what you're saying is what she experiences at the library. And she does a couple of different libraries and also one in the city, New York City. Uh, she's also an author, writes uh -huh. children's books. And she did a book uh, about Halloween and wanted to do a presentation for kids. And they, she wasn't allowed to. You're kidding. <laughs> I'm not. So everything you're saying is, oh, yes, it, it's an interesting crowd there at the uh, at many libraries, as, as much as she's telling me, sometimes a little pretentious. Uh, I get being protective, but, uh, you know, the Halloween thing is, their, their feeling is that's a holiday that could cause conflicts, and we don't highlight any type of holiday. Uh, right. And, you know, and they're thinking, you know, it's, pagan rituals. We had that teaching school where parents did not let us have a Halloween party in our class. And so what we did, instead of letting all the other kids suffer because they were looking for a Halloween party, that person could opt out and go to study hall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure the kid wasn't too excited about that, but oh well. <laughs> you can't control everything, but there's a lot of crazy out there. Yeah, but it's, it's an interesting, what you're saying, the the way that a lot of libraries work and how they're maybe overprotective or they're very sensitive, maybe that's the best word. Uh, mm -hmm. It's exactly what she described. And it's, yep. she works at, she works at many and she's been doing this for decades. And it's just what you're saying is what she encountered, except you, you know, yours is uh, to the extreme in terms of how they treated you. Right. Now they love, they're very happy to have us now because of social pressure in the community. I mean, this whole thing has, has changed the complexion of how Upper Arlington looks at race. 
because yeah. now they have scholarships, opportunity under this guy's name, plaques on the historical walkway, Memorial Park, curriculum for all of this month taught from K-12, which they never had before. So we are surprised that uh, it is con that we have made actually made a difference, and we really that wasn't our purpose. But it's nice. Absolutely, yeah. But it, it's got to be very gratifying to know that you made a difference in your work. You know, you're you're just researching, uncovering stories, and now you put this on the radar. And obviously, it resonated with people if they're trying to keep you away. <laughs> it's just it's almost like this is like the the plot to a movie in in, in a lot of feel, a lot of regards. Exactly. Pleasant Lichford's story would make a great movie. But a lot of stories to make a great movie. Yeah. So, um, but I'm glad we were able to get it out and and hope that we can continue his legacy. And um, we were the voice for the black community, and we feel very honored to have had that choice. Well, they should feel gratified in that community that you provided that information. And uh, all you're doing is that this is the truth. This is you're not yeah. you're not making it up. You're you've got facts to back it up. Exactly. Exactly. And it's their story, not ours. So we're not right. embellishing it or leaving things out. We're saying it like it is. The story of Catherine Litchford is directly printed from the newspaper. So so that is what it is in real time. Like I'm not narr- narrating or massaging that story into being different. But that's such a good story. It's my favorite, actually. Hmm. Where can we find all of that? Okay, the book is called Secrets Under the Parking Lot is because they built a parking lot over the largest black cemetery in Franklin County, Ohio. That's what the secret is. Uh, You can obtain it from Amazon.com and also BarnesandNobles.com. It's exciting in many, many regards. It's history. It's factual. it's, It's actually cool knowing that you researched all of this and uncovered it. Um, and making a difference in a community. If we want to find your website, uh, Diane, what's that? It's lineagelinks.com, lineagelinks with an S, dot com. And, or you can even Google my name. So um, I'm not the lady that got in trouble in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> my, my students looked it up and said, were you in trouble in Florida? I go, no, that's another Diane Runyon. That's not me. Yeah. So um, just so y'all know that I'm just the genealogist, and you can find me there and also on the Association of Professional Genealogy website. You're just a genealogist, but an amazing one at that, and very detail-oriented, and just, I love your process, the way you do it all. Uh, And guess what? I'm going to talk to my sister today and tell her some of the things that you've uncovered, and she's going to be... It's going to be kind of blown away, <laughs> without a doubt. It'll be fine. When we're done with it, I'll make you a booklet out with all the documents and all my scribbles, and you'll you'll have it all. Awesome. Great. Yeah, I appreciate it, and I appreciate you and and uh, and everything that you offer. Go to the website. If you're looking to find your history or somebody else's, Diane can do it, and she's like the she's like a bulldog. She doesn't stop. You just uh, yeah. let her, let her loose. I'm a dog with a bone. (laughs) Exactly. All right, Diane, I appreciate it. We'll talk soon again, okay? Thanks, hon. Bye-bye. Thank you. We'll be right back. 
Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie. This is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C. Take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D. Help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council.